Si te estoy llamando es que quiero salir Tú no sabes el deseo que tengo por ti Quiero hacértelo como me da la gana Dale que voy por ti Bienvenidos a Radio Manea, y'all. I am Vero Valletti Flores. And I'm Miriam Soila Perez. And we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes. Each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love. And this week we have two amazing guests with us. We're so excited. We're going to talk about El Movimiento. We are here with Jenny Mota and Gata from Reggaeton con la Gata fame. Bienvenidas. Hey. <laughs> Why don't you all introduce yourselves? I mean, y'all don't need an introduction. Both of y'all have been on the podcast before, so longtime listeners will have already heard y'all's voices. Pero... Tell us a little bit more about yourselves. Jenny, go ahead. Hi, everyone. I am a multimedia creative and journalist and also Dominican Dembo historian. Um, hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> I've been documenting um, the history and evolution of the sound. And I'm uh, an enthusiast for the movimiento. This is, I'm part of this culture and, and I'm in love with it. And thank you for having me here again. Yeah, welcome Gata. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so for me, gente, I'm Gata or Katerina Eccleston for all of you academics out there. Um, <laughs> I am a reggaeton historian. I created Reggaeton con la Gata in Latinidad and a couple of other platforms that are popping up on the socials. Wow. Um, and I'm very happy to be here again, perreando with Radio Manea. Hey. We will put links in the show notes to the episodes. Both Gata and Jenny been on the show before. So if you missed those, make sure to check them out. The links are in the show notes. So we started the episode by listening to La Ocasión by De La Ghetto, Arcángel Osuna, Anuel AA, DJ Luyang, and Mambo Kings. So let's take another quick listen to that and launch into the conversation. Que el tiempo pasa y no se demora. No le quita los movimientos conmigo, una abusadora. Eh. Como le encanta a los miles, bailando en la killer. Si ustedes son parte Philip, yo soy Richard Miller. Eh. Dime cómo tú lo haces, pide lo que quieres y se te complace. Cuando sale para la calle esa falda, lo tiene todo rápido en el case. Tiran y no se dejan ver. La nueva comandando el movimiento. So, Jenny, Gata, what? inspired you all to start uh, talking about this distinction between urbano and just how problematic and weird and inaccurate that category is and starting sh to shift away from that to talk about el movimiento. I would say that this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Republic's decision, right? Um, mm -hmm. they, they made the first move in um, removing that name from their department. Uh, this conversation came about among like a few journalists and, um, you know, a, a, what would we call El Guru? He's a music mm -hmm. social critic? Yeah, culture you know, critic, culture journalist. Critic. Um, he was part, originally I part of the conversation, but didn't 
fully go through, but he was part of the conversation. And um, it obviously spawned from this that conversation with Republic, but also everything revolving around uh, anti-blackness in the Latinx community, anti-blackness mm-hmm. in the music industry, as mm-hmm. well as everything that was going on with the protest and George Floyd. So it was definitely um, a moment of the time, something that um, was meant to happen in, in terms of that historic moment because of everything that was going on. Um, I feel like this is a conversation that has been going on um, for years. I know a lot of artists have felt uncomfortable. A lot of American artists on the American side have, have had their issues with um, the word. And I always take this conversation to the first episode of Blackish in 2014. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's talking about how uh, the main character, I forgot the, the, the dad's name, but he was promoted to um, the VP of Urban, right? And he was so excited because he's getting this promotion and he didn't know what was going to be the name. And he got promoted and he was like, wait, did I just get promoted to everything black? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's just, it's one of those moments that is like something to make a joke out of because blackish does you know does that but it also um highlighted how um the industry um created these terms but also how they navigate within that space around Mm -hmm. anything urban because once something is categorized as urban um you do see racial uh profile well not profiling but the the stereotypes that revolve around those specific communities and i feel like as somebody who grew up um late teens and in a predominantly white space urban was always um something that was used uh to be already racist like oh your Mm -hmm. hair's very urban or or you sound very (laughs) urban your name is very urban the way you dress is very urban you know Mm. um and i think that it's important for us to question um the culture right it's Mm -hmm. and who's, who's actually storytelling um it's important that as much as we love artists, as much as we love music, um, we need to be very critical of who's taking space, of who's, um, like I mentioned, storytelling, who's shoot, uh, making the calls in, in the record industry. Like we have to be critical of these things and where these words come from. I would have to agree with Jenny. I would definitely say that um, you know, because of the protests and everybody now putting on their thinking caps in regards mm-hmm. to how they're being inclusive or not. Muy de repente. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Republic Records, you know, put their thinking cap on. And, hmm, the, maybe the category of urban is uh, wrong. So we're just going to get rid of that. So I would absolutely say that it started there because often, you know, we're comparing, the Latin music industry is comparing themselves to American markets and, you know, trends and things that are progressive and not at least um, in this instance. And so um, absolutely it started there. Um, this conversation, um, I'd also have to agree with Jenny in that it's been ongoing for some time. In reggaeton, um, you know, obviously I, I go hard for reggaeton and reggaetones and, and perreo. And I've been, you know, the, con- the real fans of reggaeton know that all perreo doesn't sound the same, que hay sanunguero, hay bellaqueo, hay malianteo, you know, etc. And these are all, I don't know what to call them yet, if they're subgenres or what, but essentially they're different essences of perreo um, that have kind of been, um, you know, dissolved as, you know, the, the 
genre girls, et cetera, et cetera, because, you know, there's the distancing of everything Black in Perreo um, mm -hmm. to now create this newfound reggaeton. So to the point of, you know, what inspired this conversation is more so, you know, people getting tired of having to categorize their music, um, you know, all as one thing. That I get those things R&B, mm -hmm. yet we're going to call it urban. That I get those things mm -hmm. Perreo, yet we're going to call it urban. That I get those things pop, yet we're going to call it Latin pop urban. Like, what are we doing? So um, essentially, you know, people have been tired for some time. Reggaeton is now getting, well, now the conversation is growing in regards to the respect that it deserves. I would definitely say that we're not there yet. And so what inspired it? It's this is a long time coming. This is just the perfect opportunity to plug, um, you know, the different nuances of how it's wrong, why it's wrong, and what do we do from here. Jenny, you um, you picked this song that we're starting with. We asked you both to pick songs that kind of illustrated some of the conversation we were going to have. What made you pick La Ocasión? Well, it just tapping off of what, you know, adding to what got that was already saying is the, the service that it does to each art form, right? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Each subgenre has had its own evolution, has had its own history, has its own lifestyle in a sense. Um, when you think of Latin trap, Latin trap is a lifestyle. El tigre, el tigre que está jodiendo en la calle, eh, and, he, and it's that lifestyle. So when people call a R&B or a song about love Latin trap, um, I think people think it's like, oh yeah, the Latin trap is the 808s. Like people have been implementing 808s before. <laughs> <laughs> like what? No. <laughs> el Latin trap, el tigueraje de la calle. So um, I think in choosing that song, you know, it goes to what Gata was saying and, and our intent with, with this movement, with the fact that a lot of um, our music is not only classified, classified incorrectly, but also it gives a lot of, um, it makes it harder for the artists to even thrive. We see a lot of artists who start in R&B and Espanol. For example, Liano, he's coming up, right? Mm -hmm. He's consistently mm -hmm. told, you can't make this kind of music, you can't make this kind of music. So what does he do? He pivots to reggaeton. And now mm -hmm. you see like the R&B that's coming up, but it's still being considered either Latin trap or reggaeton. And I think that that's an interesting conversation because, um, again, going back to R&B, it has always had a weird space in the Latin industry because how do they uh, classify it? Where do they put it at? And this is something that has been going on since way back, 80s, 70s, 60s. And I, I wrote an article for Title last year, and it speaks a little bit about about the evolution and, and how it has always been miscategorized, but it has always existed in the mm -hmm. Latin space. Like even Paulina Rubio had a, a new jack swing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I chose that song. And so how would you then say, how would you categorize? So, you know, hablando de la, la ocasión, like people say it's all these different songs that are urbano, right? Well, you know, you've got all these different sort of genres you know, Latin trap, then dembo, reggaeton, and like even within reggaeton, like Gata was saying, all of these um, different subcategories. So um, I guess, where would you put locación, right? And where, do, where did you see people categorize it and miscategorize it? Um, I would put it under R&B and Espanol de Trap Soul. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. we see that being categorized under Latin trap or reggaeton. And mm -hmm. um, if y'all want to hear a Latin trap, listen to Lito Quirino and Anuel Coronamos, that, that you know, songs mm -hmm. by Latali, Messia, like those early years mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, that's Latin trap, right? That's what I, I consider Latin trap. Um, I also think that it's important to remember that 
um, in the Spanish language, we add, we, we obviously incorporate more melodic rhythms. So obviously, el R&B de nosotros is going to have more of that flow, more and more of that rhythm, right? That's not going to mm-hmm. be necessarily exactly the same, in my opinion, as the R&B in the American side because of those influences and the diasporic influences that we are constantly incorporating in our music. So Gata, do you want to tell me how um, we, how you all, or how like, you know, the set of people that were having these conversations landed on El Movimiento and sort of like what the utility of making that shift in particular is? Um, so essentially, you know, um, it was myself, Jen, um, El Guru of Rapetón, um, you know, Eduardo of Remezcla, um, we're just having conversations in regards to, you know, Republic's decision, like, yo, that's dope. Yo, it's the moment. Oh, my God, what do we do? Because, um, you know, of course, El Guru has, in my opinion, the biggest platform in reggaeton. He has the yeah. most intimate access to these artists. Mm-hmm, um, you know, he yeah, is a, sure. he needs no one. He is the platform. So um, we're very grateful to have him in the conversation. He really pretty much dropped the ball in regards to looking, uh, making it look like it was a united front. <laughs> and because <laughs> I am my own person, Jenny's her own person, Eduardo, you know, is, was a representative of Remezcla. Um, it looked so fragmented in regards to the presentation. It also looked like there was um, uh, gatekeeping um, in regards to creating this, um, you know, this terminology, when it's like, that wasn't the case at all. We we're just mm. literally having a conversation like, Yo, it would be dope if it wasn't more so like we need to be the first. Like, this is something that benefits everybody at all times. Exclusive for Ustede en Rey de Manejo, but I'm releasing music next year. This affects me. (laughs) I'm not trying to get keep nothing. If this is going to help me, let's do it. Like, on a personal note, hello. But, um, so, you know, it just, it wasn't like that. But unfortunately, that's how everything happened. He was supposed to release the interview with Nikki Jam along with, along with our statements. You know, to make it seem like, yeah, tu sabe, this is something that multiple people agree with. Instead, it looked like this is something that, you know, he had on his own. And then I had on my own with Jen. And then Remesca obviously is a power force. And it looks like, obviously, with the power dynamics here, look like, you know, Remesca was behind it. Where it's like, this, they weren't involved right. at all. Like, you know, it was me as a person, her as a person, Eduardo as a rep of him. But that was it. Um, so that's how that started, first of all, because I know there's a lot of confusion there, and I just yeah, like, yeah, air um, because I am my own person. I get the bolagata as me, and you know, etc. So, um, with that being said, that's how the conversation transpired. In regards to the word, we do need a catch-all word. You know, at the end of the day, there needs mm. to be a word that is expressed to describe what it is that's being created here. There, um, you know, obviously I've, I've had conversations, shout out to Mike Elka, the creator of Afro Latino Festival. Hey, we had her on a while ago. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she was very vocal in regards to, you know, not liking the word El Movimiento. And I, mm-hmm. I have to agree with her because, you know, of course, um, you don't think of um, how that represents Afro diasporic roots at the forefront of, you know, the naming of this this music, this type of category. And um, I understand what she's saying, and I agree, but the issue is the talent casted, majority aren't Black. So right. how are we going to call it mm-hmm. in Movimiento Afro-Caribeño or Afro-Caribean, Afro-Caribeño, you know, where it's like, okay, then let's go to Luna's White Ass. Like, how? Like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like, you know what I'm saying? It would be awkward. 
These loafers without socks, honey? Sorry. <laughs> I'd like to add, too, that we are independent creatives and we have the full right to navigate the space however we feel like it. Like, we want to be very intentional and mindful in how we are storytelling and how we're creating content. Um, so it was mainly more about us starting this conversation and hoping that we can continue to have this conversation, mm-hmm. but also being mindful and intentional in our work. <laughs> Already in this space, a lot of people called it El Movimiento. It is mm-hmm. a movement. And when, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. when I think of these rhythms and sounds and, and damn, I'm always plugging something in, but I just wrote something for title, y'all. <laughs> hey, I saw that. I haven't read it yet, girl, but I'm going to read it. Oh, you can link it in the show notes. Literally. Got that is in there obviously saying a word um but i really dive deep into how hip-hop was created and how reggaeton kind of you know went along but the important fact being that dude the pioneers of hip-hop eran afro-caribeños like they were Mm -hmm. from the caribbean Mm -hmm. and a lot of a lot of the influences whether it was in the b-boy um in in breaking whether it was in the breaks in the in in the timing of the music it was all ancestral and there's so many parallels into this and it's a movement like it's all been a movement it's 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 a transnational movement and and i think that sometimes we get lost and and we don't realize how how Afro, like this is Afro diasporic, but it mm-hmm. also had a lot of parallels, not only in, in the music and rhythms, but politically as well. It, it played a huge role in all of this. And that's why I like El Movimiento, because it is a movement. It, it's something that has been coming and evolving for such a long time and in different places. Is there a song, um, Gata, is there a song from the list of things we were thinking of bringing that would be good to, to go to in this moment? I'm torn. Between Mallorca y yo, um, because of its progression, the one, two, and three, and um, Safaera, because Safaera is perfection, in my opinion. But then more <laughs> so because it, you know, it illustrates elements of old school with new school, um, because they're different rap styles, which is something that's innovative and a lot of people really don't think about. They, you know, you, we listen to reggaeton now and we think, okay, these artists all one flow because it needs to match together, right? It's it's a puzzle that I need to put together and, you know, they all can't be too different. O sea, you know, hace daño a la canción in regards to, you know, how it, how it's, uh, consumed um meanwhile you have niango so different from bad bunny who's so different from jolly randy they all bring different things on the table and as well as bringing these elements of perreo to 2020 where like perreo has been pretty much non-existent on this level at least like i perreo i sandungueo i malianteo in this in the song and you know that's something that you don't okay i guess i went with safaira the reason why um you know i feel like that's so progressive is because there's been all these initiatives to try to um you know differentiate reggaeton into pop popeton i call it um you know um adding elements of reggaeton into pop you know and just calling it reggaeton and having it pass for that meanwhile bad bunny said not forget that we're gonna bring Puro verdadero perreo to 2020. I feel like this is major in regards to A, the movement, ironically, and then B, as well as, you know, 
demonstrating to the world that perreo is something that people want. It's something yes. that people are going yes. to buy. It's something that people will pay for because there, you know, obviously have been all these stereotypes over the years in regards to, mira, la gente no quiere eso, eso de la calle, eso baja clase, where it's like, hello, the, the epitome of reggaeton comes out in, in, in la calle. So it's like, you know, to whom are you speaking to and how did this lie, you know, grow so profound to the point where we started believing it and that in order to create music that is, that, you know, we would want, that would be consumed internationally, that it has to sound so white. Uh, Safaira is so black, so calle. And for it to be produced in 2020, I feel like it's progressive as hell. And there's a step in the right direction, the direction I'm very excited to see now. Yeah. So let's take a listen to Safaira. <laughs> Si Dios lo permite, si Dios lo permite, yeah, yeah. Hoy se bebe, hoy se gasta, hoy se fuma como un rata. Si Dios lo permite, si Dios lo permite. Mami, ¿qué tú quieres? Aquí llegó tu tiburón. Yo quiero perrearte y fumarme un blon. Ver lo que esconde ese pantalón. So I am really sad que por la pandemia no perreado Safaira como Dios manda. Let's just pour some out for that. Pero, yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Gata. I think it's so interesting that people have this idea, right? That there's this industry idea that unless it's like limpiecito, you know, like bien arregladito, aka all of that is like code for white, right? Um, then people won't buy it. That's not what the people want. It's not what people are going to play. And it's actually more of like a gatekeeping, like a racist gatekeeping, right? Than it is an actual what people want. Because the reason that reggaeton got to where it was is because it is what people want to hear, right? So um, I guess based on sort of that really interesting moment um, in 2020, right? Where where Bad Bunny put out probably like the most, um, you know, talked about, you know, movimiento urbano, whatever, where, you know, people are calling it in this moment um, album. I think that uh, the fact that that was on there and that was like the song that got the challenges, the song that got people talking, the song that like, you know, had all the tiburón memes, you know? Um, it's super interesting that the, I, I don't know, have you seen that because of Safaira, any shifts in the direction that you're talking about? Unfortunately, no. Um, I feel like people feel like 
Uh, this is my honest critique, but I think that people feel like Bad Bunny got away with this because he's Bad Bunny. Mm. You know? Because realistically speaking, um, I haven't seen any of the new age artists create any shift to that. We see the Andel, son de la vieja escuela, and to my surprise, made Pirueta, which was nice. Um, you know, Diveta came out, which is a little like Beake, which is nice. Um, I have, there are certain surprises that I see in, in a lot of new songs, but overall, no. Um, I do see people staying with that. I, ca- I call it the stale ass version of the Dembo version. I just, I, I hate the instrumentation of, of now, to be honest. There's a lot of really nice lyrics that I feel like are being wasted over these very popish Dembo uh, beats. Um, you know, everybody's staying with what's safe. So no, I don't see no shift. Not generally, no. Not enough worth mentioning. Have you all seen, um, like, how much has El Movimiento been adopted? You know, is that, is it, has it moved in the way that you wanted? Are people making that shift? Um, I think this is a conversation that I feel like a lot of people weren't ready for. Mm. Um, I think what George Floyd, what the protest really proved in the Latin industry, and I, and I say this clearly because I move these spaces, is that for many people, Black lives didn't matter in their respective Latin American countries until this was a U.S. social media um, push, mm-hmm. right? We've been ex- we we've been in tune with everything that's been going on. Um, Black African Americans and Black people in Latin America have been talking about this forever, you know, about right. about discrimination and racism. But in Latin America, people were not paying attention to this or didn't care. And this is, and, th- and that's how I really proved that for us, you know? And I think that, I, I really do believe there are gatekeepers within the industry that are, that are touchy about that word. And I think that it's interesting how um, a lot of the platforms that have supported us the most are platforms by people who are the most marginalized in this industry mm-hmm. is people from the queer community and women they're the mm-hmm. ones that have been giving us space to have this conversation mm-hmm. and and um you know express ourselves and obviously i understand that new conversations um for some people because this this is a this is a life right we're talking about black lives and we're talking about um black rooted music black music the black experience this isn't new for a lot of people but for those who have been working in the industry for a long time um i can see why being a little challenged or, or questioned on past work or where the culture is now can seem um a little tight for some people but i also think mm-hmm. that why is it not okay to question the quote-unquote culture or the record industry or the people calling the shots, right? Why is it okay for you to question um, people who are, who are storytelling and who are from this culture, um, but it's not okay to question, you know, the past acts that have been, that have been committed in reggaeton. And, and um, you know, this was shared on Twitter, and I think reggaeton colagatas, I don't know if you spoke about it too, but Fatal Fantasy, the blackface, like, why, why can't we question, why can't we have conversations mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Um, the things that we did wrong and how we can get it right, right? Why can't we question also, like, the terms that we use? People use the N-word so freely and have no idea mm-hmm. what the history is, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, for example, Rene from Calle 13, um, his conversation in, like, oh, this is, you know, U.S. people stay out of it. It's like, 
again, this is a movement, a movement that is not just particular to Puerto Rico, um, is not just particular to one certain space. This is something that has evolved and has intersected many times because it's all derived from the same Black communities. It's Afro-diasporic, whether you speak English or Spanish, and it's all born in the hood, in, the, in that culture. So, you know, to also gatekeep a conversation because it's like, oh, you're not from you know, Latin America, you're not from Puerto Rico, you can't have this conversation. It's, it's also, it's, I'm not gonna lie, like, it has been a little bit um, tough. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting that you say that, because I feel like it's, a, it's one of the things where um, I see white and light, and, you know, like, non, a lot of non-Black Latinx people say, like, well, tú no eres Latinoamérica, y eso no, no, no traigas tu vaina de los Estados Unidos para acá, as if, like, racism of course racism operates differently in latin america of course it's different shapes and contours however like no me venga a decir que esa vaina no existe allá and that it's like some bullshit from the united states and especially when we're talking about a globalized music industry where like la sede de todo está en estados unidos for the most part you know what i mean so it's very interesting to me and i've seen that a ton right a ton not just in music spaces right in all spaces where you try to have a conversation about race especially like after the uprisings that were based here in the united states in you know with either family members of mine in latin america or that i've just seen like in las redes in latino america like seeing seeing like oh well your conversations about race eso es de allá y no es de aquí so um you know sort of in that vein, I think that um, one of the things that we've seen a ton, right, in the, and that we've alluded to and talked about a little bit throughout this conversation is how all of this Black music has been served up with a lot of white faces. And you have a lot of, you know, like white or light-skinned artists um, taking on both music and rhythms and also like, you know, palabreo and culture, like Caribbean, specifically Caribbean um, pronunciations of things when people aren't um, Caribbean and it's super, super awkward. Um, and Jen, Jenny suggested bringing the song Con Altura by Rosalie and J Balvin. So let's take a listen to that and uh, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, about some of that. El demon lo canto con hondura Dicen una estrella, una figura Dector aprendí la sabrosura Nunca he visto una joya tan pura Esto es pa' que quede lo que yo hago dura Con altura Demasiadas noches de travesura Con altura Vivo rápido y no tengo cura Con altura Y de joven pa' la sepultura Con altura Esto es pa' que quede lo que yo hago dura Con altura Demasiadas noches de travesura Con altura Vivo rápido y no tengo cura Con altura Y de joven pa' la sepultura Con altura Pongo rosas sobre el Panamera Pongo palmas sobre la Guantanamera Llevo camarones en la guantera Hago pa' mi gente y lo hago a mi manera Flores azules y quilates Y si es mentira que me mate Flores azules y quilates Y si es mentira que me mate Cobertura Cobertura Esto es pa' que quede lo que yo hago dura Cobertura Demasiadas noches de travesura Cobertura Vivo rápido y no tengo cura Cobertura Tire joven pa' la sepultura Cobertura Esto es pa' que quede lo que yo hago dura Cobertura Demasiadas noches de travesura Cobertura Vivo rápido y no tengo cura Cobertura Tire joven pa' la sepultura Cobertura Acá en la altura están fuertes los vientos uh. Ponte el cinturón y coge asiento A tu jeva y a la vi por dentro 
Yes. El dinero nunca pierde tiempo no, no. contra la pared. Tú lo sí le tuve que comprar un trago porque la tenías con So let's talk about the whitening of the space and this song and you know like este palabreo que usa que usa la Rosalía. <laughs> you know. La Rosalía. <laughs> We're on, you, y'all can't see this, but we're on Zoom, y'all, and we're like throwing our hands. <laughs> La Rosalia. Um, so I, I chose this song mainly because I think in my time, um, literally diving into Dominican Dembo and a lot of the key players behind the scenes as producers, writers, execs, um, and not only Dominican Dembo, but also Latin trap. One of the biggest things that kept drawing my attention is this, this idea that I call a commercial culture, right? Where a lot of Dominican artists, when when they're hitting that point of almost passing underground into uh, national attention or mainstream, they start being told, eh, deja la jerga, like leave your, your Dominican jargon. Mm -hmm. You want people to understand what you're saying. If you want to make it out of the Dominican Republic, you have to be understandable and a lot of the and this ideology this idea that what that that has been passed down like through generations because it's been going on for a really long time um was literally passed down through the record industry through the latin record industry like yeah we we don't understand what you're saying don't use it and i think it's interesting because in so much so much of the reggaeton and the songs that are coming out now has dominican palabreo like we have says using pop poppy which i'm okay with but it's like if other people from different places can use dominican you know palabreo then you should let our artists be as well you know um we have i chose um con altura because there's this idea that like oh rosalia was on the internet and you know she came across this this video of a dominican man um saying something and that's it and it was much deeper than that like mariachi who um el almo el muñequito right he was the executive producer writer um he implemented the the topics right he create he pretty much created directed the idea of the song and the words y el palabreo right um they were reaching out for him. Like they were on a hunt for him. <laughs> like her manager was looking for him in DR, like, cause she wanted his essence in there. So to me, it's like, in, and in my, in my statement, I say, you know, we, it kind of, let me see, what did I say? It said it's, uh, it reinforces racial stereotypes while simultaneously perpetuating the commercial culture, right? So while we're also, being stereotyped while, while black artists are being stereotyped we're also simultaneously um creating space for other people and letting them you know obviously white white artists and let them use the the songs the the words and the terminology that we're telling them not to use and i thought that that song was a perfect example because obviously con altura was a major hit and it had mm -hmm. a lot of teniel dembo Daniel mm -hmm. Dembo, pero también tenía ese, there, it had the Caribbean essence in terms of how she moved along with her flow and also the words that she used. Um, and, you know, a lot of this stuff isn't just, oh, I happened to see a video or like, you know, I came across this. It's very intentional and it, 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 it derives from the Caribbean, you know? Right. Yeah. I, and it's funny because it's, Ooh, I've, it's, it's not exclusive to this song, right? Like I sometimes, mm -hmm. I think that I heard like a Selena Gomez song where she like, no dijo la, el final de una palabra. And I'm like, 
bitch, I know that Mexicans say the end of that word. You know what I mean? Like, I just like, I just What's know that, that that's not how you talk. You know what I Sophia mean? Sofia Reyes has this song. I probably forgot, but it, so she has a song and, I, and it's, I don't know if it's Paca or something like that. And I'm like, hold up. <laughs> it's so awkward. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that it, it like, it's funny because like, you know, like who we all are around and who we get raised with and the language that we pick up, like in like this, like diasporic Latinx communities that we're a part of is, you know, always interesting and complicated. And like, you know, in different countries we speak, you know, like, I feel like, um, you know, in Venezuela, at least like the parts that I'm from, like the Caribbean parts, like we speak very, you know, like, también le cortamos la sila, but like, if you're like from a different part of Venezuela, entonces no, you know, and like, so it, it is all very complicated, but like, there's so many, so many occasions where it's just like, girl, I know that you went on a hunt for that and you were practicing it and it's awkward because there is a whole other group of people that are who are black and who you're saying don't talk that way because otherwise you can't succeed yeah mm-hmm. and the song is sofia reyes Idarel, lalo um echalo paca mm. echalo paca it's like girl do you say that <laughs> do you really say that gata you also had a song that kind of emphasized this like blanqueamiento de reggaeton do we want to Go to that song. My brain was just stuck on what um, Vero said because that's essentially what happened with Panama and Puerto Rico, mm. where it's like um, with reggae, right? Everybody's like, "All you did was sing reggae in Spanish. That's not evolutionary." Meanwhile, in Panama, people who had the audacity to create reggae in español couldn't get jobs. Were labeled uh-huh. as rakataka. Were labeled as chombo were considered uh-huh. the lower class of um, society until they became popular enough to um, reap the benefits and the fruit of the labor of everything that they've created. But if I went after the rebellion to sing this very black music and introduce something very European, that being Spanish, um, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And they did it for different levels of respectability. Um, you know what I'm saying? They were like, we're not going to play your music on the radio unless it's in Spanish. Porque los chombos en Panamá are los chombos y los Spanish. Chombos are like los jamaquino panameños, the ones who mm-hmm. come from Barbados and Panama, the ones who don't, they have that patois accent and like they speak patois and they speak English and they speak Spanish, but it also comes through with that Caribbean accent. My point being, um, you know, the connection there of how history repeated itself because essentially that's how the movement was incepted by someone having the audacity to say, you know what, you you want me, I'm gonna sing in Spanish now and later I'm gonna sing in what I want. And you know, that's essentially mm-hmm. how the movement has created. So it's mm-hmm. funny how like that just repeats itself. The song that I have in regards to whitening of the space, I actually really like this song. <laughs> it's um, yeah. Bella by Wolfine. Let's take a listen. Ayer me dieron tus amigas Que andabas buscándome como loca en la calle Y yo bebiendo como loco cerveza Con unos parceros dañándome la cabeza Borracho con el corazón malo Caminando solo me la encontré a ella Mujer tan bella Un poco triste 
interesting that you say that, Gata, because it's like sometimes some of these songs, like they're catchy, right? And they're catchy because they stole something that was good. <laughs> you know what I mean? His voice is so appealing. Honestly, the imagery, I don't know if you've seen the video, it's beautiful. Um, I feel like this song doesn't bother me that much because I feel mm -hmm. like, you know, what gets lost in these conversations is that people, there's this assumption and this stereotype that, look, what people like Jen and I are luchando for is que, que regrese para la calle, que sea, you know, like, manianteo 24-7. It's like, no, there's diversity and there's versatility here. Like, no one's saying that it has right. to be about, like, you know, it has to be pornographic again, and it, ha it has to be a certain way. The point is that we need to diversify and ask ourselves why we are shutting out aspects of this, this, um, the politics. Bayer by Wolfson doesn't bother me per se. Like it has a very nice aesthetic. I think that sonically it's beautiful. Um, you know, I just laugh because essentially it's what I would call popeton. I wouldn't even call mm -hmm. it reggaeton. Cause to me, mm -hmm. reggaeton is like, Veil by Zanny Lennox, where it's like, mm -hmm. you like it because Zanny Lennox sings it, you know, this it's black because they're black, but then also it's white because it's like, how the hell we get to this from Carolina, Puerto Rico, you know what I'm saying? So it's right. like, like that's reggaeton for me, but this is even a step further. This is popeton for me. Like this is Latin pop with like, oh, we could work the dembo beat in here somehow. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you're working the dembo beat last, not in the beginning. It's not intentional in the beginning. It's, it's afterwards. How do we make this stick? We act, we add reggaeton. Like that's, that's, you know, mm -hmm. the, the instrumentation, the intention and the politics are completely different. Do I like the song? I like this song. I can't, I can't lie, but it's not like what I would call reggaeton. It doesn't bother me either though. I think it's a nice song. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's super interesting that you say about diversity because I think so much music just sounds the same it's just boring it sounds the same and it sounds the same it's like how many different versions of like they will there like you know like how many different versions of the same like 10 people on the same remix like come on now like are we not getting bored it becomes so formulaic and like yeah sure if it'll come on the club like you'll dance whatever but like I'm going to follow oh, like we can do many things right we can walk and chew gum at the same time and I think that it's just like as a consumer of music it's insulting also right like it's insulting because it's like you think that like I can only engage on this level when there's like music is so rich and so varied and like we can do so many different things well but it's interesting because that that argument also gets gets offered up in sort of like a um, a way that diminishes the genre being like it's all the same you know all sounds the same like especially people who don't know the music at all they just sort of like dismiss it by saying well it's all it's all the same you know like reggaeton is all the same as if there's not all this amazing innovation and diversity so I think what you're talking about Beto is more of like the like what the mainstream keeps putting out you know and like kind of just mm -hmm. trying to like recreate these hits that have the same sort of um formulas to them but but it's also something i hear a lot with the music especially from like non-latinx people they're like oh a sounds the same or reggaeton sounds the same and it's such a dismissive and just like false statement about these huge genres of music that have so much um innovation and diversity within them i would just like to say that you know i feel like in all stereotypes there's a layer of truth and so in reality if i'm an outsider listening to reggaeton um, I would say that, you know, in theory, yes, it sounds the same. There's a certain pattern to it, right? Like trap music, even in, in English, in American market, sounds the same. There's a, there's a certain nuance to it, right? And I feel like that's fine. But what's exciting are those 
those nuances, those essences that are, you know, layered out um, in between these different subgenres. Um, I think that part of the reason why, besides blanqueamiento, that, you know, we've derived away from these essences is because they were created by people so young that they mm. kind of, I feel like the critics at the time didn't have the range to really understand what the hell was being created. Because Tiny, for kind of loud, is only 30 now. Yeah, yeah, he was literally a child. <laughs> yeah, he was a part of Sakala. Yeah, he was a part of yeah. Sangre Nueva, which, you know, was, you know, very important para la calle por el malianteo y la callejera, you know? Like, um, so I feel like, you know, obviously they're seeing someone as young as tiny in these rooms, and they're like, there's no way in hell that there was something serious to be said here. And it's mm. like, well, you know, it just literally speaks to his genius that he was able, despite that criticism, to contribute to music that has this sort of influence 20 years later. So yeah, just wanna put that out. And and to add to what this conversation, what the conversation is now, I feel like, um, you know, when the conversation was first had, like I was reaching out to people in the industry. I was like, listen, by my line, like I ain't <laughs> seen you post this, so let's talk. Like I was bringing the conversation up. And I think that um, one of the things that someone said that's been in the industry for a long time, he said, you know, people from the culture uh, are proud of their culture. Like we, we say urban and, and we're proud of being urban. Right. And it's just like, I had to question him. Like, so the urban that is being sold in the Latin industry, that's, that's the culture. That's what you're saying that they're proud of because that's not la cultura in realidad. Right. It's the, not, only the winding of it but it's also like Sebastian Yatra yeah. is not a quote-unquote urbano artist he's not he's he's a perfect example of what Catalina Gata was just saying that they create the song create the melody they're like you know what you know what will make this song a hit mm-hmm. making it a Un hit uh-huh. <laughs> let's hit up we see <laughs> yeah Mm-hmm. Like and then and then th- that person or the artist would take up space in an, an award ceremony um, that could have been from somebody who's actually from the culture. And again, music is for everybody. And like like mm-hmm. like I thought said, I enjoy all of it. And it's not saying like oh this is only for for a certain group of people, but it's also being mindful that if you're going to actually even try to create this space, it has to be diverse. Like it has to have um, the sounds and the taste and the different wording of all of all people and we don't see that so that was interesting to to to, to be touched on in, in a lot of the conversations that i had because you're you know people were feeling so overprotective of like we want to keep urbano this is our culture and i'm like that's not the culture <laughs> what you are trying to protect is not the culture <laughs> right right and in the meantime you do see like because there's this sort of like really um sort of uh, cleaned up, very gate-kept industry, there are things emerging, bubbling up all the time, you know, and other, like, that are, like, actually, like, o de la calle, or from, like, you know, something a little bit more, um, like, you know, more legit, you know, I think of, like, people like Siete Tre, you know, like, those folks, right, like, those folks are, like, like, and, and they're catching on, you know, like, they're catching on, and people are listening, people want that, la gente quiere eso, um, but it's just, like, it's always like um, la industria me parece that it's it's just gatekeeping it, and they see people like Siete Tre or even like Safaera by Bad Bunny as 
um, exceptions to the rule when like you're making the rule, bro, <laughs> you know, like you're making the rule. If you change the rules, we could see something different. Which is why I'm so upset at his silence of Black Lives Matter. Cause I'm like, Cabron, you got the microphone. You have the microphone. You have the world's attention. Tú quieres hablar de todo, menos gente oh, negra. No. Tú quieres crear música sin gente negra. Like, okay, I shouldn't say that because he's collabing with such. But el, el punto es, you know, we all can't breathe. Really? No. Yeah. I can't breathe. Yeah. You need to hold yeah. my hand because I can't breathe. And yeah. you don't even have to do much. Like, you know, you have the, the power to influence the letters being painted in Puerto Rico, which, yes, is beautiful, but has nothing to do with what's going to be, you know, influenced structurally. Thanks for mm-hmm. that, though, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, that's why, exactly what you said, that's, just, that's precisely why, where my anger stems from with him. It's like, you have, and with any artist, because, yeah, like with Rosalia, right? For example, I don't care that she's creating music, to be honest. Yeah. I don't care and think, oh my God, let me bash her. I don't care. I feel like la música pertenece a cualquier ser humano. That, the music is for any human being. However, you enter a space, you learn the politics of that space, and you respect that space. I'm Panamanian, and I'm always talking about Puerto Rican stuff. <laughs> yeah. The reason why, of course, you know, there's the Panamanian roots, but the part of the reason why Puerto Ricans respect me and shout out to my bodies is because I'm talking about Hurricane Maria. It's because I'm talking about Wanda Mascaras. It's because I'm talking about Ricky Roseo. It's because as, as long as I'm here and I'm in this particular moment, I'm going to call attention to these things. I'm also a Black woman. You know, I'm also marginalized. People also understand this. But like, like, girl, it's your duty. You know? Mm-hmm. Make your mm-hmm. money. Yeah. But also be a good human being. That's, that's right. That's the whole point. That's the whole that's point. That's right. It's really, and it's really about making space. And, and in that title interview, Gata, you mentioned something that I really, I feel like we had a really great conversation in, in, in really evaluating the, the Black woman's presence in hip hop and the Black woman presence in reggaeton. And, and she, she brought up a really great point in terms of it just being basically non-existent right now. Like, Cardi B has been able to transition in both spaces and she's been able to create these tracks that are either in Spanglish or in Espanol, but she also is primarily coming from a hip hop space mm-hmm. that, oh, you mm-hmm. know, they do focus on light skinned women and, and got that. You, you were talking about this, so I'm going to pass it on to you. But I, I thought that that was such a great point in, in pointing out. And, and when it comes to Rosalia, it's like, you know, again, Music is for everyone. I think that her first project was so beautiful. I yeah. just started getting itchy when she started crossing her yeah. toes. And yeah. I was like, el collaboration con Gali La Molleta, ¿cuándo va a ser? Con Lenny's, okay. that's, that's, that's in Spain. ¿Cuándo va a ser? Like, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In regards to my experiences of Black women in these spaces, you know, Jen, you're right here, but I would like to give a shout out to you. I would like to give a shout out to you guys here in Radio Manea, to any woman and, um, you know, person of the the gay community, mis amores, because it is true what, Jen, what you have said. This is my community. This is how I've been able to progress the visibility that I've been able to obtain. Um, and I would just like to say specifically on the note, you know, touching back a little bit on what she was saying on Residente, a part of the reason why this conversation I feel is so important and why I feel like it, I am a little sad that it's not as big as it was during, you know, its inception. And, you know, obviously it's still early, but 
part of the reason why I have a bit of anxiety over the progression of this particular topic is because of gatekeeping. Me moving mm -hmm. in these spaces has been particularly difficult. It wasn't mm -hmm. until George Floyd died that I got so mad to the point where I was like, I'm protecting so many people who wouldn't dare protect me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, mm -hmm. I'm being careful and so diplomatic mm -hmm. where it's like, I, I have the right to speak. And I, it's, it's hard because uh, oftentimes in these spaces, yo soy la única negra. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I'm being too black, right? If what yeah. that is at all. Um, if I'm making people too uncomfortable and, you know, and that also, ha you know, plays into how I present myself and things of that nature. I'm obviously honest with my critiques, but it's, it's also influenced how I'm able to move into certain rooms, especially if we're talking about mainstream artists. Um, yeah. And so talking on Residente, I'm just, we need to continue to apply pressure. I can't even stress enough. I'm looking right now at a screenshot um, of a conversation that Zaida doesn't mind me sharing of a conversation that Residente had with Zaira, Bad Dominicana, shout out to Zaira, um, you know, in which where, you know, she was speaking in regards to reggaeton, obviously she's from the United States, obviously a lot of her tweets are in English, she looks at her page, she goes, mira tu Americana, this doesn't have anything to do with you, in regards to reggaeton, Ugh. tells a black woman, a black mm -hmm. Dominican woman. The conversation gets so heated that he takes it to DM because she's getting, she's getting embarrassed at the fact that he doesn't have the range to really speak on the points that she were making. And just an example, he goes, um, yo no discrimino repando de la misma forma con la que me tiran sin importar raza ni género, yet um, continuing the conversation because again, he doesn't have the range. He goes off to um, attack her in her hair and the presentation of her hair saying, look, you're not even real and you want to talk about what's real because she wore extensions oh, in her hair. Oh my black God. Wow. So I'll go to your 21 year old gringa girlfriend. Oh! <laughs> And this is someone who Yo has power in the industry because claro que viene de la ejecutivo, but also comes from the artist and what they're willing to tolerate tea for everybody. So, I mean, in regards to putting pressure, yes, mm -hmm. um, this is this, this topic of conversation is very important as yeah. you know, we speak to um, the different ways that these companies need to evolve. Um, mm -hmm. and the different ways, um, you know, interconnectedly of how they're providing visibility or not. Um, yeah. The pressure should be on, and that's pretty much where what I have to say left. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing. That's so, so fucking disappointing. I'm going to wrap it up because I've been on flow merengueton because mm -hmm. I feel like Ooh. on a positive note, merengueton is what's going to save us all. I'm convinced. <laughs> yes. Like, after doing all the research that I have on merengueton, I'm like, you know what? It has the range to give the commercial what it wants y la calle lo que quiere. Mm. So um, the song that I would like to recommend is Se Canso by Bry and Shannon. Hace tiempo que no sale Su pareja de los federales Más de tres peleas semanales Se cansó y dice que todo se vale Y más ahora que le pillo a otra por mensaje Anda tranquila porque también te vale.
I love Bri. I feel like what he's doing is very interesting. I like what he's doing. And thank you for that hopeful note of what it's going to save us all. I'm looking for that right now. <laughs> um, okay, what about you, Jenny? What do you want to end on? Is there any anything you want to... Well, Vero mentioned uh, people like Chucky Siete Tre, the Siete Tre gang, you know, obviously I talk a lot about the discrimination that also goes along with Caribbean Spanish, mm-hmm. um, not only in the industry, but as in the Latin, um, in the Latin community in general, normally yeah. our, our Spanish is looked down on and looked at as ratchet, quote unquote, right? Ghetto, low class. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy to see a lot of these artists push this idea away. Like now nah, we're going to embrace our head guard. Mm-hmm. And I really love Siete Tre because of that, because not only are they using Jerga Dominicana, but they're also incorporating stuff that's very, like, particular to New York, to, like, yeah. the New Yorkian space. But I'm choosing Trucho, um, Barrochi Herede, and Kiko El Crazy because it's literally what brought them both back to the streets in DR. And and, mm. and Rocky is leading this, um, this movement called El Movimiento Paralelo, the para movement, right? Because... Again, a lot of these artists like El Alfa, Chimbala, Lirico en la Casa, you see them watering down their lyrics or, or creating simpler music in order to achieve that commercial success. Mm-hmm. And Rochi comes out with these, with these Dominican Dembo um, bangers that are, are really raw. Um, and yes, they may not be as melodic and have all these textures and colors that Chimbala might incorporate, but it's straight lyricism and it, and it's, it's, it brings it back to La Calle and it uses a lot of like La Jerga Dominicana and also it put Kiko Crazy back on the map because Kiko Crazy mm-hmm. been in the industry for about 12 years and this is the time that he finally gets to shine and, yeah. it, and it is making musica, see the Dominican Dembo, um, eh, de, del Bajo Mundo, right dominican dembo on the ground because it's not what the commercial sound is 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 sounding like right now excellent so we're gonna end the episode with that Uh, we want to also point you to the episode that we invited jenny to be on on dominican dembo if you want to know a little bit more about dominican dembo and we'll also link in the show notes to the episode that we did with gata they're both really dope Mm -hmm. you know we bring you back because we love you and your work Mm -hmm. is important and um It just brings a lot of depth to uh, this conversation because there's so, so much about what um, I think is wrong with the term urbano is that it flattens, it totally flattens this really diverse, really rich um, set of histories, right? It's not even like a history. It's like you've got like all these different countries, all these different stories, all these different histories, all these different genres, and they all have their own layers and textures. So um, thank you all so much for the work that you do, for taking the time to be on with us, um, you know, this time, last time. Hopefully we'll have you on again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when Gata comes out with her album. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll invite you back. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you for you. the support. We're really grateful. Um, and like we mentioned earlier, like we're really happy um, to have so many, like the supportive system that we've had so far um, in terms of our communities because um, it's only been the two of us, right? Like it's mm-hmm. literally been Gata and I having these conversations and you know, it's a big ass industry. Yeah, it's a big load to carry, girl. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so, so much. It's been so beautiful to have you on and be part of this conversation. Um, as always, everybody, you can find 
all the song info. We're also going to put a playlist together because they picked some a lot of songs that we weren't able to bring today. So we'll put a link to a playlist in the show notes. So check that out at radiomanea.com. And make sure you're following us on social. We'll also put all of the socials for these two mujeres in our show notes. So you can make sure that you're following them as well. Thank you so much for joining us, y'all. Gracias. Calle. El trucho que andamos, normalito, normalito.